that the obvious candidates are Alistair, Allen, and Angus McCallum Toppin, the founders of AMT. But the answer can't be as simple as that. The main reason that AMT can charge £1.55 for a cappuccino is that nobody else has a kiosk next door charging £1.45. So why is nobody next door undercutting the AMT kiosk? Without wishing to dismiss the achievements of the entrepreneurial McCallum Toppins, cappuccinos are not, in fact, complicated products. There is no shortage of drinkable cappuccinos. Sadly, there is no shortage of undrinkable cappuccinos either. It wouldn't take much to buy some coffee machines and a counter, build up a brand with a spot of advertising and some free samples, and hire decent staff. Even Jacinta is replaceable. The truth is that the AMT bar's most significant advantage is its location on the desire line of 74 million commuters. It is in the very best spot that a coffee bar could possibly be located and it is safe to assume that AMT has an agreement with its landlord that direct competitors will not be allowed right next door. To set up a rival coffee bar, you will either have to go somewhere else, or wait until the current contract has expired. The nice margin that AMT makes on its cappuccinos is mostly due neither to the quality of the coffee nor to the staff. It's location, location, location. But who controls the location? Look ahead to the negotiations for the new rental agreement. The landlord is the owner of Waterloo Station Concourse, Network Rail. Network Rail is talking to the AMT brothers, but also to the representatives of Costa Coffee, Ritazza, Aroma, Pret-a-Manger, Café Nero, Starbucks, and half a dozen other wannabe coffeepreneurs. The Network Rail manager can sign an agreement with each one of them, or can sign an exclusive agreement with only one. She'll quickly find that nobody is very keen to pay much for a space next to twelve other coffee bars, and so she will get the most advantage out of the exclusive agreement. In trying to work out who is going to make all the money, simply remember that there are thirteen coffee bar entrepreneurs on one side of the negotiating table, and on the other side is a manager who owns a single, perfect coffee bar site. Thirteen against one is likely to be bad odds for the thirteen. By playing them off against each other, The network rail manager should be able to dictate the terms and force one of them to pay pretty much all their expected profits. Everything they would otherwise have expected to earn should go on the rent bill. There's a pattern here. The power of scarcity has come up twice in two pages. First, AMT has the power to charge high prices because of the scarce location of the coffee kiosk. Second, network rail has the power to charge high rents because there is only one location and lots of companies are eager to use it to sell coffee. This is pure armchair reasoning. It's reasonable to ask if it's actually true. After I once explained all of the principles involved to a long-suffering friend, over coffee, she asked me whether I could prove it. I admitted that it was just a theory. A couple of weeks later, she sent me an article from the Financial Times which relied on industry experts who had access to the accounts of coffee companies. The article began, Few companies are making any money in the UK coffee bar market, and concluded that one of the main problems was the high costs of running retail outlets in prime locations with significant passing trade. It seems that armchair reasoning is the easy way to get to the same conclusion. The economist's way of thinking about the world isn't guaranteed to produce the right answer. But it gives insights about the world which apply far more generally than any industry analyst's accounting. If there's a profitable deal to be done between somebody who has something unique and someone who has something which can be replaced, then the profits will go to the owner of the unique resource.
Strength from Scarcity Browsing through the old economics books on the shelf at home, I dug out the first analysis of 21st century coffee bars. Published in 1817, it explains not just the modern coffee bar, but much of the modern world itself. Its author, David Ricardo, had already made himself a multimillionaire, in today's money, as a stockbroker, and was later to become an MP. But Ricardo was also an enthusiastic economist, who longed to understand what had happened to Britain's economy during the recent Napoleonic Wars. The price of wheat had rocketed, and so had rents on agricultural land. Ricardo wanted to know why. The easiest way to understand Ricardo's analysis is to use one of his own examples. Imagine a wild terrain with few settlers, but plenty of fertile meadow available for growing crops. One day, an aspiring young farmer, Axel...